Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. And Mary, it's great to be in our studio. How are you? Oh my gosh, Father John, this is so glorious. So most of you know that we've been in transition, uh, operating from a number of <laughs> undisclosed locations. Remote underground bunkers. <laughs> That's right. In the back cave and uh, amid boxes. And so uh, this is one of our first conversations um, in our podcast studio. It's just great. So to you be might hear there. some pounding on the walls because they're actually putting some art up all around us. And we've it's, got, we've got it's vacuum cleaners. Not quite <laughs> totally soundproof in here, but it's close. We're, so we're getting there, but gosh, just a joy every week to have a conversation with all of you. So I mean, it is. And especially this week, what's our, uh, what's our topic? Yeah, we have a rather serious topic today. Uh, and that is, uh, we need a miracle. We need a miracle. So let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Our Father, we just come before you right now with uh, grateful hearts that we have access to you as your beloved sons and daughters. Father, we pray for our country in these days, for uh, our individual states in these days, for those who govern us. We ask that you would fill them with wisdom so that we might live our lives in peace in true justice. Lord, we just ask for your anointing right now upon this conversation that Mary and I are going to have, that it would be done in such a way uh, that it encourages, inspires, gives education, models, hopefully a way of conversation about difficult topics at a challenging time in our country. Lord, we lift especially the state of Michigan up before you and her leaders. We ask for uh, the outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon them, especially through the intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. So I'll kick this off if I can. So a of years ago here in the Archdiocese of Detroit, we held a, a synod on the new evangelization which gave birth to this movement, Unleash the Gospel, which Archbishop Vigneron has really championed. And I was privileged to be part of uh, one of the teams that was doing some work on this. And we would gather every couple of weeks or so for three, four hours. We'd always begin with a, a half hour in prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And, and one of the members on the team would always lead it. And I remember uh, Harry Kemp, who's a, a dear brother of ours. He's on our board. He led it one night. And he shared something I'd never come across before, which I've just never forgotten. And it was an excerpt from a letter from uh, one of the bishops. He was, he was actually a bishop from Spain who was serving in what we now know as Mexico uh, shortly before the apparitions of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So they had been in that land sh- preaching the gospel for years and, and had more or less had zero fruit. And just to re- remind ourselves, that land at the time was uh, in a particular way uh, subject to ritual human sacrifice, um, largely but not exclusively from the Aztecs. And at one point, the, the bishop wrote to the bishop back in Spain, and he said, I think this is actually the direct quote. It was something to the effect of, if God does not intervene from heaven with his holy hand, surely this land is lost. 
and within two and a half years, Our Lady appears to Juan Diego, and massive conversions take place, and child or child and human sacrifice comes to a close. I've just never forgotten that. Uh, and as as we begin this discussion, what we we're talking about that because uh, we're here in the state of Michigan, and even if you're not a, a resident in the state of Michigan, stay tuned because there's something for you both to know and to and to do. We would ask, but we're facing a, a very serious issue uh, on our uh, election ballots, known as Proposal Three. So this this situation might not be as dire as the 16th century in Mexico, but it might be. I mean, we look at human sacrifice and we go, man, that's just barbaric. And we're dealing with, well, pretty much the same. And if you look at the amendment, and I know we're going to break that open for those who are listening, but if you look at the amendment, uh, it's the most extreme amendment on life that I've ever seen, ever and so I would argue that it is that barbaric and it's far reaching and, and we'll break all that open. So right. I, I, again, it's just a very, very sobering uh, ballot initiative that we're facing. So we, 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 you know, we've been praying about what to, how to do this. We, we want to try to both have a conversation and then model a conversation so that we can do this in the way that disciples need to. Because, you know, it's funny. We, we live in a culture that says, hey, there's two things you never talk about. You don't talk about politics and you don't talk about faith. And the reality is those are the only things talk worth about? really talking about. Like, I love talking about Michigan football. But at the end of the day, it's not an ultimate thing. I mean, faith has to do with what happens to your whole life, not only here but for eternity. And politics has to do with how do you govern a society those are really important topics. So we, we, we need to be talking about those, right? Right. Time. And the church needs to talk about those. Right. Substantive conversations. And at the end of the day, uh, whether we know it or not, we're all longing to have those kinds of substantive yeah. conversations around all these critical issues, not only facing our state, but facing our nation. So, yeah. so let, let me try to set this up a little bit, if right. I can. As always, feel free to just interrupt at your leisure. Um, I'll try to set up this proposal that's in front of us in the state uh, and and why it's significant and, and that it's so much bigger than like just just the destruction of human life in the womb. It's so much bigger than that. Um, and then what we really want to do, we want to press into, so how does a disciple of Jesus uh, respond in times like this? So, you know, here's the here's the the reality. We've We've gone from a culture that used to talk about abortion being, you know, safe, legal, and rare to now it's more like any time for any reason whatsoever. And here's the, the simple truth is that I, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but there are um, people at all levels of society who are not only fighting for, but championing the right to destroy human life in its most vulnerable stage in the womb. Because... That's what this is. This is human life. That's not a that's not a religious opinion. That's a that's a medical scientific opinion, right? Or objective truth. We know that. If proposal three, which is this ballot proposal, which tragically the proposal actually won't be on the ballot, so you're only going to see a short little snippet. It's entitled right. "Reproductive Freedom for right. All." It's a long proposal, and it won't be all there. 
Um, but what it is, if this passes, and so we're encouraging people like crazy to vote no on this, and we'll talk about why, Michigan will roughly be on par with North Korea and China with regards to abortion laws. Currently, Michigan is one of the most restrictive states in the country uh, with regards to abortion. This would make us more or less the most extreme, but not just in our country, actually in the world. And so Proposal 3, uh, regardless of how it might be understood by some people, is not only about abortion, and it's not simply some return to how things were under Roe versus Wade. And there's or the decision of Roe versus Wade. And there's four things in particular. Let me just say these, and maybe we can talk about this, Mayor. There's four main things in this proposal. The first is it would overturn every regulation, uh, especially regulations of parental consent. Roe had regulations in the state of Michigan with regards to parental consent. This would overturn every regulation. It would mean that clinics, abortion clinics, would no longer be required to be either clean, licensed, or sterilized. That's just amazing. Like, imagine going to the dental office, you know. Like, I would presume the dental office has a regular... I mean, you used to work in a dental office. Like, it's got to be sterilized, right? Or just imagine you going to your regular doctor and you walk in and it clearly doesn't meet guidelines, OSHA guidelines. Or Burger King. Like Burger King's got regulations, right? It's got to be sterilized. Like I think there's cockroaches crawling around on the table. I don't think I'm going to have that that whopper. It's it's jaw dropping, Father John. It would mean partial birth abortion would be legal again here in the state of Michigan because this would allow for abortion at any time. And because of the uh, the clause in here for the mental health of the woman, that would mean virtually any reason. It's not just her life is at risk. It's, it's the mental health of the woman. And then this one opens up a huge can of worms. It, steriliz- sterilizations, if Proposal 3 passes, uh, would no longer need parental consent. So, you know, in theory, right, your, your 11-year-old daughter could go down to the doctor without notifying you, without asking your consent, and become sterilized or more, right? Oh, it's just... Um so as you're breaking all of this open, uh, I think our encouragement would be because you're not going to see this amendment in its totality is we would just exhort you, if you're living in Michigan, to read it, to print it, and, and look at what a vote on this proposal, what the implication is. Imagine you're a mother or a father and your son or daughter comes home and informs you that they have just undergone, to your point, Father John, um, uh, sterilization, or you don't know why your daughter is depressed and she's struggling and you sit down with her and you're having a conversation and she just lets you know that she just had an abortion the day before and she's struggling. I mean, it's horrifying for the family. It's horrifying for, for the human person. We have to know what we're voting for. And I think the challenge sometimes, Father John, is that we're just not engaged enough. We're not critical thinking people anymore. And we just don't care enough to get engaged. But the time to stand back and be a bystander in the state of Michigan is long in our rearview mirror. Yeah, that's There's right. too much at stake. That's right. And we'll, and we'll talk about uh, a little bit more how to, how to, how to find ways. Well, let me maybe offer a website right away, which is support mi womenandchildren.org. 
supportmiwomenandchildren.org. This will take you to um, a website which is uh, broken down the whole proposal. You'll see the entire ballot proposal. And I don't think we've mentioned yet, but what this ballot proposal would do is this would change the state constitution. And, and that more or less means you're talking about this is irreversible uh, without a massive uphill climb. There are other ways to look at these issues. And I just want to keep repeating because there are probably a number of people who are listening. I hope there are anyway who maybe you're not so sure in every case whether or not abortion should be illegal, you know? So I, I pray there's I pray there's a lot of people listening who, 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 are, who are just people of goodwill, who, who want to have their minds, who want to seek truth. I mean, that's what you want, right? This is not just about abortion. This is, I would say, even it's, fundamentally an attack on parents. It's a, it's a way of saying the state knows better than you do about the health of your children and the decisions of your children. That, that, that's what's at stake here, right? Father John, too, um, I just want to let everybody know that the, that the website that Father John just um, offered us will be um, uh, added to our show notes. Beautiful. So That'll make it y- yeah. uber easy. You can go ahead and, and take a look at that. And, and again, to your point, once it becomes part of the state constitution, it would require by and large, another miracle to undo this um, legally. And if it were even possible, it would take years and years and years to undo. Right. So let's talk about how does a disciple of Jesus respond in a time like this? So maybe, so maybe to that question, Father John, it's best to maybe start the conversation with it is like, how don't, we, how do we not? Ooh, I love this. Respond. The via, the via negativa, negativa is right. the way we teach, right? And so we, we don't want to respond, right, um, the way that the world does, right? And and so we don't want to respond with um, violence. Can't. Can't um, respond with violence. Nope. Uh, uh, we can't respond with rage mm-hmm. and fear and anxiety. In other words, we can't put our hands to the tactics and the ways and the mind of the world. We have to look different. Um, we want to win people. We want to win hearts and minds. And we do that by not getting emotive, uh, by not letting our voices uptick, there's ways that we can reasonably respond. And, and perhaps one of the best ways that we can respond, obviously, right? Everything with prayer. Pray first, right, Father John? Yeah, let me, let me just say something real quick before we start. How do we respond? Let me say something because you, you just mentioned a motive that's so, so important. It made me think of Pope John Paul II who said, you know, like when you're, when you're talking about truth, truth never has to raise its voice. I always love that line. However, What's really important, I think, because a lot of people go like, well, you mean I can't get angry? It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You, you actually should get angry. That's I mean, righteous when, anger. When, whenever, right, we'll break that down, right? So whenever we see injustice of whatever kind, whether it's a, you know, someone who's poor getting abused, whether it's a, a woman being trafficked, whether it's a child being destroyed in the womb, whether it's, you know, injustice to any human being, if I don't get angry, it's actually a moral defect. Yeah, there's something's something wrong, wrong. Yeah, inside something's wrong of us. with me. Right. right. So, but you can get angry and want to strangle somebody or you can get angry without wanting vengeance or without wanting to do harm to somebody. And we want to make sure that um, our anger is righteous anger, as you mentioned, and that it's always actually 
intimately tied with love. It's actually part of love, That's right? right? Because love cares, love gets involved, love intervenes. And run, love wants the wellness, love wants the wellness of another. And, 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 and as I'm just hearing you talk, Father John, I'm thinking about the difference. This is what happens when we start talking about issues that are clearly emotional, highly charged, right? Oftentimes we come at those discussions, we react to those discussions rather than to respond yeah, to those right. discussions. And so I just want to make that distinction as, as, we, as we talk about um, how it is we can press into what does the Christian response look like? Not what does the Christian reaction look like, but what does the response look like? Right. That's exactly right. So let's talk about how do we respond? Yeah, you know, so Father John, I think uh, like we, we know everything is rooted in prayer. And so who are we praying for? Well, first of all, perhaps we should be praying for ourselves, right? That we have the mind and the heart of Jesus Christ as we engage the culture, engage our family, engage our friends, and engage everyone within our sphere of influence around this. And so that means we're praying for our politicians. We're praying for our government leaders. We're praying for our Gosh, the medical community, doctors and nurses, who, by the way, we were having a conversation the other day with someone on our team um, whose daughter is a pediatrician and is struggling with the, you know, who's conflicted with how she was trained in medical school to respond to some of these situations and how actually to res- respond yeah. as, a, as a Christian woman. So praying for our politicians, praying for our doctors and our nurses, and in a particular way, responding to and praying with and for whoever might be considering taking the life of their unborn baby. Right. Because it's almost always motivated out of fear. Not always, but almost always, you know. So we want to pray for them. We want to pray for those who are suffering from the pain and the trauma of having had an abortion, right? Or having cooperated in one. We want to pray that that they would come to know uh, God's extraordinary mercy, that this does not define them. You know, we've talked about this before. Like the devil knows your name. He calls you by your sin. God knows your sin. He calls you by your name. We want those who've gone through this pain, who've made this a bad decision to know that they have hope that they that, that God forgives it's and merciful. he loves yes. to forgive right absolutely and then and then lastly you know perhaps I pray for those who for whatever reason that their minds and their hearts are in need of conversion that they're not thinking with a right ordered mind and heart yeah. and 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 you and I are only able to sit and have this conversation because the Lord has brought in and, and brought you on I to conversion. He is the one. It's his grace that has allowed us to have that right ordered mind and heart. And so glory be to God, it's his grace. It says nothing about us, but yep. we still have to respond to the grace. Yep, so right. pray for those that aren't thinking the way um, the Lord would have them think. They're not thinking in accord with reality. You know, that's, that's how I'd say it. And you know, you were talking about John Paul, uh, St. John Paul earlier, Father John, you know, he, I think he said, you know, that the future of the church passes through the family. Hmm. This is so incredibly destructive to the family that is already on the front lines of culture that's already under attack and this is just another demonic attack on the family yeah so right so we want to we want to pray for all those things and then you know you've been alluding to this the whole way we want to do everything we can to find out what's really on this so you know if you live in the state of michigan 
please uh, make the effort to actually read this. So I just had uh, dinner the other night with a friend of mine who was uh, leading a, a workshop on this here in the state. And there was a priest who came and the priest came to him up afterwards and he says, you know, like, I'm here. Let me tell you why I'm here. He says, I'm here because I saw all these, I heard people talking about this. I heard people talking about just how, you know, how, how bad this was. He says, there's no way this is ex, as extreme as all these people are making it out to be. Like, it's not possible that what you guys are talking about is actually being voted on. And then he read it and he My went, goodness. oh, like, schnutz. <laughs> like, I got to find out what I can do about this. So th this is, it's just there for the taking in the sense of go to the website and read it. So the first thing is, please read this. And again, understand this just isn't about abortion and it's not a return to how things were under Roe. This is extreme to the nth. And again, if it becomes part of the state constitution, then it means there's, there's, there's more or less little to zero legal recourse that we have. So we want to pray. We want to find out what's really going on. We want to vote, you know, so like vote no on proposal three. And then, you know, you're encouraging us constantly, Mary, in so many different ways, engage. You know, we want to have conversations with people, but we want to make sure we're having conversations with people calmly, right. rationally, charitably. The goal, as you mentioned earlier, is not to win the argument. The goal is to win hearts. And That's if I right. come in this hard charging and angry and, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're even thinking of that, it's it's probably not going to turn a heart, right? You're spot on, Father John. And for those of you who are listening to our conversation and you don't live in Michigan, what we're asking right now is for you just to, um, just to pray for us, pray for our, our, our elected leaders here in the state, pray for us, pray for conversion uh, of heart, pray and fast. Uh, uh, we're doing, you know, we recognize that when you, when you pair prayer and fasting, God can do mighty things. And perhaps that's the, that's the soil in which miracles can happen. But here's, here's what we know as we watch what's happening across the country. This could easily become a trend that other states will look at and they'll hold Michigan out as a model if this gets voted into our, our state constitution. And so we all have a vested interest. We're all, we're all part of this country, right? So this could be coming to, a, to, to your state tragically. Yeah, I would say this, it, it's, it's stronger than that. It, it's, it's might not be coming to your state. It's coming to your state. So, um, you may watch what's going on here, but it's it's coming to you soon if it hasn't already. And I just want to reiterate what you said uh, with regards to prayer, so that people can hear it as forcefully as we can say it to those disciples who are listening. We need we really do need a miracle here, as it stands right now, as we record this podcast. Uh, this will pass overwhelmingly, unless the people of God and people of good faith and people of good will, who use their minds, who look at this and go, hmm. I think this is a bit much. Mm -hmm. We can have reasoned conversations about lots of things, but this is a wholesale, sweeping, very dangerous proposal. And, 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 and you know, uh, one more thing, Father John. You know, we talk all day, every day in Acts 29 uh, that, that, the, that the goal of the gospel is not just to overwhelm, be overwhelmed by what 
Jesus has done for us and to surrender our lives to faith. We would often say that that's that's necessary, but it's insufficient. Mm. If there is a time to be mobilized for mission, we talk about that all day, every day in Acts 29, to mobilize the church for mission. This is the issue worth mobilizing for. Yeah, that's right. Right? Mobilizing for life. That's right. And yet we do it all without fear. We do it all without anxiety. We do it all with the utmost confidence that our lives, the world, the country, the state of Michigan, we're all in God's hands. Nothing can happen outside his will. He's always in control. History is his story. And you and I were created for such a time as this. So just like that bishop wrote back to Spain, so Heavenly Father, here's our Mm -hmm. plea up to you from the state of Michigan. If you do not intervene from heaven with your holy hand, uh, then this land too is lost. So dear lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Please intervene with your mighty, gentle and strong hands, feet and heart and pray for this country and for our state and for our leaders that we would come to know your son who alone gives hope. And because we have that hope, we don't need to be afraid. He, your son, the Lord is with us. And we were born for this.